resurrection morning. What would it take for you to be amazed this Easter? What is it that would make you stand in awe at the sight of an empty tomb? Or maybe a better question might be, what might it take to make you stand and shout hallelujah this morning and say, as the choir so beautifully just sang, he is worthy. Our gospel reading for Easter gives us a rather subdued reaction to the resurrection of Jesus. Luke tells us that the women who visit the tomb and find the stone rolled away are not shouting hallelujah, but they are genuinely perplexed, even troubled. And then when they see the two men standing next to them in shining and dazzling clothes, they become absolutely terrified. By the end of the story, when the news of the resurrection is told to the apostles, those closest to them responded by saying, the story of the women at the tomb seemed to them like an idle tale. And they did not believe them. It's interesting and ironic to me that Luke presents the victory of the resurrection in such non-triumphant language. But then again, how do we respond to the resurrection this morning? Is it just another big Sunday at church where we pull out all the stops on the organ? Or do we really want God's power to fall down upon us this morning? Do we really want God to have the last word in our lives today? Do we really want to experience the victory of Christ in our lives this Easter Sunday? As my small group concluded our Lenten study Wednesday night, I asked them to share their favorite hymns or songs about the victory of the cross at Easter. Of course, the number one favorite was Victory in Jesus, which we sang last Sunday with great fervor. My favorite Easter hymn of all time is the one we just sang as our processional hymn this morning. Written by Charles Wesley, Christ the Lord has risen today, hallelujah. Earth and heaven in chorus say, hallelujah. Raise your joys and triumphs high, hallelujah. And then we will end worship this morning with my favorite classical piece of music of all time, Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. It just doesn't get more triumphant than that for me. So let's do a better job this morning of proclaiming. I will say Christ is risen and you respond, he is risen indeed. Are you ready? Here we go. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes. I think we can only joyfully and confidently shout and proclaim he is risen indeed if we ourselves have witnessed and experienced the risen Christ in our lives. It must have been easy for Peter to stand among Cornelius' household in Caesarea and proclaim the risen Christ because Peter ate and drank with Jesus after he rose from the dead. Peter stood at the tomb and was amazed, the Scripture tells us. 
It was unbelievable for Peter, the resurrected Lord, was a marvelous sight. The empty tomb was an amazing and, of course, life-changing experience. But what about us this morning? What about you and me? We who cannot see in the flesh the risen Christ, but must experience the resurrection through life's challenges and through our relationships. The difficult thing about life for most of us is death. Facing its reality for loved ones or even for ourselves as we sometimes get in touch with our own mortality. I think it was Woody Allen who said, I don't mind dying, I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> we can relate. And if we are resurrection people, we understand the amazing sight of the empty tomb. If we are resurrection people, we find strength in the power of the resurrection in our lives. We move beyond death. We move into the reality of the eternal and that which is beyond life and death. Where do you stand this morning? In the power of the resurrection. What does it mean to stand in that light of eternity? and the strength of the risen Christ in our midst. How do we find that strength from day to day? The resurrection is life. It's stronger than the dark, it is the light. It's stronger than the wrong, it is the right. Faith and hope triumphant say, Christ arose on resurrection day. So on this resurrection day, on this Easter Sunday, the sights and the sounds of the resurrection are all around us this morning. Our Easter lilies are adorning our beautiful sanctuary. The flower cross on the portico as we entered worship today is taking shape. It is a beautiful symbol of new life and resurrection power. And by the end of the service, my hope it will be full of blossoms. The triumphant music with brass and timpani, along with our choir and congregational singing, all point us to the power of the resurrection. We've had a glorious week here at Trinity, beginning in the garden with Maundy Thursday and on to Good Friday, led by our Wesley Foundations in word and song. Our wonderful children's gathering and Easter egg hunt at Pisgah on Saturday. Our Easter sunrise worship on the portico this morning. All signs and symbols of the resurrection. It would be hard to miss the power of the resurrection today if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. But sometimes we need a visual a way that we can understand the hand of God's power and grace intervening in our lives. A little boy and his father were driving down a country road on a beautiful spring afternoon. Windows down, breeze in their face. 
And suddenly out of nowhere, a bumblebee flew into the window and the little boy who was deathly allergic to bee stings immediately became terrified. His father quickly reached out, grabbed the bee, squeezed it in his hand, and then released it. But as soon as he let it go, his young son became frantic once again as the bee buzzed around his head. And the father, sensing again his son's terror, once again he reached out his hand, but this time he pointed to his hand and there stuck into his skin was the stinger of the bee. You see this, the father asked his son, you don't need to be afraid anymore. I've taken the sting for you. And as Christians, we don't need to be afraid of death because Christ has taken the sting out of death for us all. In 1 Corinthians 15, we are reminded, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. In addition to the Hallelujah Chorus, another one of my favorite Easter selections in Handel's Messiah is that musical setting to this scriptural passage, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? A wonderful call and response duet. The power of the resurrection for me is the reality of a life that is changed. It's taking the gifts that God has given us and putting them to work in the world. It means being faithful as a witness to the resurrection. It means taking a leap of faith, sometimes moving into the darkness and making our way through the fear and claiming the power of the empty tomb in our lives. Resurrection is helping those who may be dead in their spirit come alive in Christ Jesus. The power of the resurrection this morning is for you and for me to shout from the housetops, to sing from our souls, and to experience this amazing reality of the empty tomb that represents for us the power and the message of Easter. John Updike, in his novel, A Month of Sundays, tells the story of Clint Tidwell, the pastor in a small rural town in the South. And one of his blessings and curses is that a member of his congregation is the 80-year-old owner of the local newspaper. The blessing is that the journalist thinks that Clint is one of the best preachers that his church has ever had. The curse is that a synopsis of Clint's sermon gets printed every Monday morning in the local newspaper. The newspaper owner, though very well-meaning, is a little on the eccentric side. And Clint is often amazed when he reads the Monday morning paper and discovers that his sermon is not quite the same as he remembered preaching it on Sunday. It was early on Monday morning after Easter, and Clint Tidwell in his bathrobe and slippers made his way to the end of his driveway to pick up his Monday paper. He could tell there was a big headline. 
What in the world, he thought to himself. Had the stock market crashed? Had a cure for cancer been discovered? As he opened his paper and drew close to focus on the headline, he was startled to read these words. Clint Tidwell claims Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And as Clint read the article, he felt his face flush, his knees grow weak. And yes, of course, he had proclaimed the resurrection in his Easter sermon, but was it really headline news? What would his colleagues in ministry think in that small southern town? As I reflected on this story, the scripture this morning seems to fit perfectly. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And returning from the tomb, they proclaimed the good news, telling all of this to the eleven and to all the rest. Are you able to stand like the women and Peter and take in the amazing and marvelous sight of the empty tomb this morning? The women see with their own eyes a tomb that only hours before had held a dead body. Yet now they see angels. These angels are effective evangelists who firmly proclaim the message of the resurrection and then send the women out to report what they had seen to the disciples. They even give them the precise words to speak. And the angels made sure they got out the message. After all, that's what angels do. They are messengers and ambassadors of the truth. They proclaimed the good news. He is not here, but has risen just as he told you he would. We will sing in a few moments. It is the day of resurrection, which it is. Now let the heavens be joyful, let earth the song begin. Let the world keep triumph and all that is therein. Let all things seen and unseen their notes in gladness blend. For Christ the Lord is risen, our joy that hath no end. For the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Can you shout it with me one more time this morning? For the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Amen and hallelujah.